Jordan Love has helped the Green Bay Packers do exactly what they hoped to do coming into this season, replace the productivity they got from Aaron Rodgers with a slew of reasons, not the least of which is Jordan Love playing like a former first-round pick. Brian Gutekinds deserves a ton of credit. Matt LaFleur deserves a ton of credit. And of course, Love himself deserves a ton of credit. We dig into the idea that fans thought was crazy on today's Locked on Packers. You are Locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's Locked on Packers brought to you by our friends at Game Time. The last minute tickets you want at the lowest price guaranteed. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Fans, even some Packer fans... And I would say, generally, those Packer fans were the Packer fans who had a certain affinity for a Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Insisted that there's no way Green Bay could replace, even just replace, much less improve, on the play that they got from Aaron Rodgers last year. And then, of course, anytime you point out that they have, in fact, done that, they go, well, Rodgers was hurt. And the point of this is not to say... Jordan Love is better than Aaron Rodgers or that Jordan Love will be better than Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no. That's not what we're doing here today. What we're saying is the plan that the Packers put together of saying if you take the Matt LaFleur system and you let it be run in its purest form and you let Matt LaFleur, who as we talked about yesterday in our postgame show, absolutely in the deepest, darkest recesses of his bag on Sunday night and has been on a heater over the last six weeks. If you let him do what he does and run the offense the way that he wants to and Jordan Love does that and then you replace aging veterans, guys who athletically are just not difference makers but have this, you know, uh, uh, connection with Rodgers. That's what makes them valuable. And you replace them with guys who have speed and athleticism and a little bit more versatility, a little bit less one trick. Okay, Randall Cobb can play in the slot, but that's at this point in his career really all he can do. Okay, Alan Lazard can go and, and beast guys, win contested catches and be uh, an MFer in the blocking game. But he's not going to do a lot else. Replace those guys with young, hyper-talented players. 
Of course, when you go into the draft, you've got to hit on those players. We're going to talk about the Brian Gutekinds of it all in, in a second. But the idea behind all of this was do that, pair it with an elite run game, which the Packers had last season, a terrific offensive line, which the Packers had last season, and a defense that we know is more talented than they had shown. Now, you can argue about what happened with Joe Barry. We're not here to do that. It doesn't matter, though we are going to talk a little bit about it at the end because I'm sorry for anyone that this is going to upset. I don't think Joe Barry is going to be gone at the end of the year, or at least it's not fait accompli the way that I thought it might have been in October. We're going to get there at the end. It has worked. Unequivocally, it has worked. And it has worked because betting on Matt LaFleur paid off. He is one of the best play designers and play callers in the league. And and I, I loved on Monday, he sat in front of the press and said, in, in there were parts of the season where we got conservative. Parts of games where we've been conservative. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to take the ball out of Jordan Love's hands. In the moment, it's what he thought was best. It's why they were so aggressive on third and six. And it's why Jordan Love took the sack, by the way. JT O'Sullivan, the QB school, did not hate that play as much as Chris Collinsworth did on the broadcast. Chris Collinsworth, I have a lot to say about uh, some of the things that the broadcast was like. People being mad about the, the fail Mary or the Hail Mary, excuse me, the Hail Mary uh, push, which was barely a push. Like, I'm not even sure that's DPI in the field of play, much less a Hail Mary. And the non-call DPI, get a life. The penalties did not cost the Chiefs the game. They got outplayed, period. And it's important we say that. But Matt LaFleur, banking on Matt LaFleur and this version of his offense, however he wants to downplay it, and that's what leadership is, saying, no, no, it's it's they, the guys still have to go execute the plays, all the, all the leadery stuff that he does. That was right. And... It is true that they were right to say, okay, let's get some more speed on the field, but you still have to hit on Jaden Reed. You still have to find Dontavian Wicks. You have to hit on Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, and you have to pluck Ben Sims out of obscurity and put him into your offense and make that work. And you have to, last year, have hit on a stud right tackle on day three of the draft and, and hit on... Uh, two terrific young players, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. I'm preempting myself a little bit here. But you have to hit on the players. It's it's a nice theory, but you have to hit on the players. Brian Gutekinds has done that. And then it becomes a Jordan Love question. Can Jordan Love process well enough, make good enough decisions, be consistent enough with his accuracy, and make this offense work and and more than just make the offense work because in order to get a contract in order to prove you are a franchise quarterback a starting quarterback someone who should get a 4 or 5 year deal you have to show you can't just run the offense you can elevate the offense and that was what we saw on display Sunday and and we have seen on display over the course of this season now he can do more than what is called or he can take a bad call and turn it into a good call just because of his preternatural ability to playmake. 
to to create arm angles, to create something out of nothing. Now, is he Aaron Rodgers right now at doing that? No, Aaron Rodgers might be the best ever at doing that. It's an unfair bar to place on him, but is he better than what we saw last year from Aaron Rodgers when he was not able to create off schedule, when he was not able to escape the pocket and make plays? Right now, he is, and right now, this offense is better. And it's not just vibes, although the vibes this year, I mean, just vibes alone, this offense is light years better than it was last year. Now, by DVOA, it's the same, at least in terms of rank among peers, 12th in DVOA. For those of you not uh, indoctrinated as I am, uh, efficiency adjusting for opponent is basically what DVOA is, 12th. But this year, it's the passing game carrying the offense. Jordan Love and this passing game, eighth in DVOA heading into the Monday night games. They're 23rd in DVOA running. It was the reverse, essentially, last year. When when the, the offense was predicated on the run game. 18th in DVOA last year, throwing the ball. Fourth, running it. Rodgers got to play with Aaron Jones. Rodgers got to play with David Bakhtiari. And the EPA per play, the individual stuff, tells the same story. Jordan Love, ninth in EPA per play. Aaron Rodgers finished 22nd in EPA per play last year. I wrote about a lot of this stuff on The Leap today, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. This plan worked. And... You can have the Matt LaFleur. I think Matt LaFleur has proved enough that he deserved the benefit of the doubt that this would work. And I thought Brian Gutekunst, for whatever Pat McAfee wants to say, had proved enough as an evaluator. The 2022 draft should have been enough to say, okay, give him another chance with additional draft equity to go do this. They have additional draft equity this offseason. Jordan Love was the unknown. And in the middle of the year, you were like, I don't know. I don't know. Now we know. Now we know that he's at least capable of playing like this over six, seven, eight weeks over the course of a season. And right now you think about it, you know, they played 12 games, eight of them, he's been good. He's been some some version of good. Pro Football Focus gave him an elite grade on Sunday. He played like an elite quarterback on Sunday. The biggest question in the plan was Jordan Love. He has answered those questions so far. And what they wanted to do was remain competitive to build a winning culture as they reloaded and reset their team building. You get off the money on Aaron Rodgers, You change everything on offense. And you're still able to win games. They are in excellent position now. Any any of the playoff markers that you want to look at, they are better than 50-50 to get in after having won this game, in part because they're going to be favored probably in every game. We'll see about at Minnesota, but they'll probably be favored in every game the rest of the way. We We are now at a place where they, and I don't like this word, but if they stay healthy, they will be expected, I don't like to say should, will be expected to make the playoffs now. Not making the playoffs now would be a disappointment. 
because of the position that they're in right now. That makes this season, along with the ability to evaluate Jordan Love and now where we are with that evaluation, a success. You make the playoffs and Jordan Love looks like this and he looks like this the rest of the way. You have proven the plan worked. And now you get an opportunity to make it look even better with additional draft capital and cap space coming up this offseason. And who's going to be in charge? Brian Gutekinds is going to be in charge. We're going to talk about the work that he's done in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets should not be stressful. It should not be the pain in the rear end that it is inevitably. It doesn't matter what you're trying to go to either. Concerts, comedy shows, sporting events, doesn't matter. It is usually a pain. Not so with Game Time. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guaranteed, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Find exclusive deals, Sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, more. Zone deals where you pick a section and game time picks the seats. Average about 18% in savings. What a cool feature that is. And game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets at the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account. And redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off game time, the last minute tickets at the lowest prices, guaranteed. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever 24-7 streaming channel. I mentioned this at the end of the broadcast postgame. That Brian Gutekinds has put himself in the executive of the year race. And the idea that we opened with of the the plan, the gambit even, the gamble that they took trading Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers wanted to be traded, not much of a gamble, but that plan working is more important, to be sure, than winning an award, than, than you know, the validation of some doofuses like me in, in an office somewhere like, like this one, if you're watching, and saying, I think this guy did the best job. But when you look at at what he did and, and what happens a lot in these executive of the year type awards is it becomes a cumulative award because, you know, John Lynch wins it um, because, you know, he put together a roster that when you add Nick Bosa to it can take off. And congratulations on, on sucking so hard that you get the second overall pick and Nick Bosa falls into your lap. Congratulations. I love, I love when someone wins executive of the year or or coach of the year, the same thing, in a circumstance like that. The, the flip side of that is when you take less than premium opportunity and create something close to a premium product. It's why, you know, look, I, I've made the case and have made the case for Matt LaFleur as coach of the year. I, I thought in 2019, he absolutely deserved to win it, should have won it. Um, but 
like if Shane Steichen and the Colts make the playoffs without Anthony Richardson, he should be coach of the year. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like that team was supposed to be bad even with Anthony Richardson and they weren't and now still aren't with Gardner Minshew. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Now, I think to go from where the Packers were to where they are, like if they run the slate, if they go 11 and six, it's going to be pretty hard because I don't think the Colts are going to go 11 and six. They might go nine and eight. Can you, what's the comparison there? But to to find Zach Tom, to find Dontavian Wicks, Romeo Dobbs, Kingsley and Igbare, Jonathan Owens. Okay, now we're we're mixing years now, right? Okay, so let's let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's just look at what this last offseason was. They trade Aaron Rodgers. You can't. You can't do the Aaron Rodgers bit and not include the Jordan Love bit. So you kind of get to smuggle in Jordan Love, who Brian Gutekinds, of course, traded up for in 2020. You trade Aaron Rodgers, you get what is going to end up being two second round picks. The second of which right now, by the way, looks like it's going to be in in the mid 30s. Like Jets fans were like, oh, we enjoy pick 32. Like they might, they might be kind of right, but it's gonna be like pick 37, pick 30. I think if I think if the draft were today, it would be pick 38. You saw what Brian Gudikins did last year with the, the pick that he got from the Jets. Jaden Reed, Carl Brooks, like it it ends up turning into a slew of players because he traded down and traded down and still got. A guy who looks like a, a, a legit impact level player. You know, maybe Jaden Reed never is a star. Okay, fine. Who cares? He's a really good, really useful player to this team. So you get the picks that you turned into real assets in year one, but now you have future picks to go and add to this team. So you move on from Aaron Rodgers. You are now the GM forever that moved on from Aaron Rodgers. Well, it turned out that was a smart move. If, if, you know, the injury aside, because you had a quarterback in-house that you believed in that was capable of stepping up. Like the Ted Thompson, the courage for Ted Thompson to say, no, Aaron Rodgers is our guy, is only celebrated in retrospect because it turned out Aaron Rodgers was their guy. If Jordan Love stinks, you don't get credit for getting a lot of stuff for Aaron Rodgers, even if the Aaron Rodgers experience has not gone as planned in New York. Of course, not because he hasn't played, but because he got hurt. And because they turned their franchise over to him and all that stuff. Okay, let's not let's not do that. <laughs> but that's that's the first part. And then I mentioned the draft capital, the multiple trades. You you end up in the draft. I mean, just go down the line. All essentially all of the draft picks are either starting or making meaningful contributions to this team. Even the day three guys, the deep day three guys. The Carl Brookses and Kobe Woodens and Dontavian Wickses, the Carrington Valentines of the world. Anthony Johnson Jr. has been a valuable member of the backup safety room because he's had to start games. Jonathan Owens, you go and you pick up in the offseason. Rudy Ford, who he got last year. Okay, let's even set that to the side. Jonathan Owens comes in and becomes a meaningful part of your safety room. You've totally revamped the defensive front. 
with Brooks and Wooden and Lucas Van Ness. The offensive line, you didn't you didn't do a lot in this most recent iteration of it, but Rasheed Walker, seventh round pick a year ago, Zach Tom, fifth round pick a year ago. We know what the skill talent has been. This team is working because of the faith Brian Gutekinds had in Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love. So we just spent, you know, 10, 12 minutes talking about this plan that has worked. Well, it was Brian Gutekinds' plan. So if if you get paid and GMs get paid for whether or not their plans work, and, and by the way, the plans have to be good plans to start with, and it was a good plan, then... This is this is job well done for Brian Gutekinds. Whether he wins executive of the year is superfluous at this moment, but I want to recognize it, and I think we should recognize it. And again, for whatever national media and whatever Jets, you know, diaper fillers want to say, uh, it it has been an unequivocal success of process, and it's Brian Gutekinds' process. This has worked, even if for parts of the season, it looked like it was a disaster. It looked like they were delusional for thinking they could be competitive with being the youngest team in the league and being one of the youngest uh, offensive uh, pass-catching batteries in the history of the sport. That looked crazy. And while they trusted David Bakhtiari to stay healthy and they trusted Aaron Jones to stay healthy and those guys couldn't, and what a disaster this offense is, Without those guys, and man, Jordan Love does not look like it. And hey, Matt LaFleur tied to Joe Barry, and it's not looking great. How does it look now? How does it look now? We're going to talk about this defense. Prepare yourself. (laughs) Is all I'm going to say. Prepare yourself in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but we need to talk about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or my kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we can and you can be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and others. It could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first order. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I don't want to upset anybody. 
But I think Joe Barry is going to be a Green Bay Packers coach in 2024. Now, why do I think that? Well, it's not just the numbers. Although the Packers scoring defense at the very least has done a very, very good job. Even as they have lost some of these games, if you go back to the Lions game, they give up 34 in that game. They've allowed 17, 19, 24, 20, 23, 23, or 20, excuse me, 22 and 19 points. It's one of the top scoring defenses in the league. They held the Kansas City Chiefs to 19. They held the Detroit Lions to 22. They held the LA Chargers to 20. That's Justin Herbert. That's Jared Goff in a top five Lions offense. That's Patrick Mahomes, the two-time MVP, one of the greatest to ever do it already. They're going to win a bunch of games here to close. They're going to make the playoffs in all likelihood. It does not seem likely that the urgency to move on from Joe Barry will be there in the same way if they get dog-walked by the Eagles or the 49ers or even the Lions. And now I don't think they will, maybe the 49ers, the 49ers are, look like by far the best team in the NFL, but who knows? You're always one injury away. They were they were one injury away. Like Brock Purdy gets hurt, you're in big trouble. Do you trust Sam Darnold? I don't trust Sam Darnold. So I, I don't think you're looking at a situation where, you know, in October it seems plausible. They go 10 and 7. They go 11 and 6, regardless of what happens in the playoffs. I think if you're Matt LaFleur, he is going to, whether I would do it or not, I think Matt LaFleur is going to say, that's good enough for me. Now, here is the caveat that I'm going to add to all of this. And this was something that I was I was chatting offline with our pal Jason Hersher on America's Guest and also my co-founder at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to, that there is a logical point in time where you say it makes sense to move on. In all likelihood, he signed a three-year contract. It's been three years. We don't know, based on any of the reporting, that he's been extended. We do know that Matt LaFleur... And this administration has been extended. So it would be reasonable, viable for the Packers to say, look, we're grateful to the work that Joe Barry has done. We're going to move on. But there is a personal connection here. And as uh, a great quarterback once said, it's about the people. Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry were ecstatic. Joe ba- Matt LaFleur was, you know, given... given Joe Barry, big hugs after the Chiefs game because of how the defense played. No Jair Alexander. And you go out and and you hold the Chiefs to under 20. That's a big deal. And they dominated the Lions at the in the trenches, certainly. They did some schematic things that, that beguiled Jared Goff at times. Now the turnovers were a big deal, you know, play to play. They gave up a lot of yards. I have said on this show and written at the leap that I think a lot of the underlying numbers are fake. And if it were me, I would be looking to move on. 
I think he will be back. But here's what I'll say. There are a number of potential quality candidates that could be available. Ejiro Evero, there is the overlap of this defense. Frank Reich already out in Carolina to say, hey, look, you guys have, you guys have coached together. You do the thing where you elevate Joe Barry into some senior assistant role. Maybe you, have, you, know, you can have 16 assistant head coaches. Who cares? Rich Passaccia already assistant head coach. Who cares? Elevate Joe Barry. Give him a little extra money if you want to keep him in the organization and you let someone else call the defense. Someone like Evero. It makes sense for this team, given their development, to get a new, younger voice in there. Someone who Joe Barry can help if you really feel strongly about it. I think this could happen. I have to believe someone like Jim Leonard would be interested in that job. What if the Jets lose out? What if the Jets lose out? Is Robert Sala going to get another opportunity as a head coach? Maybe. This is certainly not his fault. Would he be willing to come be a DC in Green Bay and play with one of his best or coach for with one of his best friends? I think, though, that what we've seen here is real improvement in this defense, even amid all of the issues that have plagued them, all the things that we've complained about. The Packers are up to 18th in DVOA, 16th against the pass, 15th against the run. Excuse me, 16th is what their way to DVOA. So they're bang on average. They're 15th against the pass, 23rd. Against the run. 23rd against the run. Not not 32nd. Not 30th. 23rd. Th- this is a, a right on average passing defense without Jair Alexander for half the season. Without Darnell Savage for half the season. They've been playing a, a cavalcade of, of safety rotations. Devondre Campbell's been hurt. A bunch of rookies playing on the defensive line. And all of a sudden, don't look now, but they're playing good, deep, pretty good defense lately. I don't know. They're playing solid defense lately by DVOA. And they're about to hit the soft part of their schedule with some crappy quarterbacks. If they are really arrow pointing up, they could get fat here on DVOA, even against bad teams. I think DVOA can sometimes over-index beating the crap out of bad teams. But I think there's a good chance it does enough that Joe Barry is a part of this organization in 2024, whether he's actually a defensive, the, the defensive play caller, the defensive coordinator, I don't know. But I think we're moving to a place where Joe Barry is part of the Green Bay Packers organization in some form or fashion in 2024. And I don't, I don't know that's the worst thing in the world. We'll see. Of course, we'll see. A long way to go. But the stakes have changed, and, and they've changed now for this team in, in this season. And so maybe it does get to a point if they blow a couple of these games because they can't get stops or because, you know, a bad team runs all over them or something like that, then maybe the equation changes. Winning a lot of these games has, it's a double-edged sword. It saves you, but then it adds pressure to these final games. And like, if the 49ers do what they've done to everybody else and score 50 on, you know, this Packers team or they score 42, that might be enough to say, hey, you know, it's been fun. Your contract's up. We're not going to extend it. We appreciate you. Move on. We'll see.
All right, back tomorrow. Lily Zhao for Zhao. You doing our crossover Thursday, Packers, Giants. And then, of course, our interview series on every Friday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on our YouTube feed, go subscribe over on our YouTube channel, Locked on Packers, so you can stay Locked on Packers.